Amen. In reading uh, Matthew chapter 3, um, we're seeing the story of, of John the Baptist at the height of his, of his ministry with huge impact in his preaching. People coming from all over Judea um, to hear John preach and then to be baptized in a baptism of repentance. And then in this, we see Jesus come onto the scene. And, uh, and I, there's some cool little details I like to point out in this story because it's really an amazing story of just our awesome God. Jesus comes alone. Jesus, this is before he's called his disciples. This is before Jesus has began his public ministry. So Jesus doesn't have an entourage coming with him. Jesus comes as, as the spectator and as the participant to what the Lord is doing through John the Baptist's ministry. So let's keep that in mind as we read. We're going to read Matthew 3. We're going to go 8 and then jump to 11 and then we'll, we'll jump down to, to 13. So Matthew 3, 8. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. This is John speaking. Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then two verses down, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee. If I can pause for a second, this is pretty amazing. I mean, I don't know if there's there's a quicker fulfillment of prophecy in the Bible than this right here. John said they're saying, you know, I'm baptizing you know in water for repentance, but there's one who's going to come. And just like that, he's like, and there he is. So we get to that place. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The title of my message today is Fitting for Us to Fulfill. Fitting for Us to Fulfill. This, this passage of Scripture and this story is an amazing story of cooperation between us and the Lord. I love that Jesus is talking to John as John protests about, no, no, Lord, it should be you baptizing me. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. He could have said, hey, it's fitting for, for God's righteousness to be fulfilled. He could have said, hey, hold on, it's fitting for me to fulfill God's righteousness. But what does he say? It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Fitting for us. This is a story of cooperation. 
This is a story of partnership. We see a story here of a God who cares about the things He calls us to, who empowers us to walk out those things that He calls us to. He equips us to walk out those things that He calls us to. He doesn't leave us empty-handed. And and He says, it's us. It's you and I. It's we. I mentioned John the Baptist in full swing of his ministry. And in the midst of that, our sinless Lord and Savior comes on the scene. Jesus, without sin, without a need to repent, comes to receive a baptism of repentance. That's what John's baptism was. It was a baptism of repentance. When John says, Lord, not so. It should be me baptizing you. You know, John just had this sense of, it just doesn't quite seem right. Many times when we've read that, we've probably had that same reaction like, no, I get it. I I totally would have had the same response. It just doesn't seem right. But what was Jesus' response? Friends, we see Jesus' response is the same response that exemplifies his life. Humility. He has the most humble of responses. The first, so this is this is prior to Jesus' ministry but being put in place. But just just on the precipice of it, on the on the, the moments before he's baptized, his response is humility. The first public action of Jesus is humility. Church, our public actions should be those of humility. Our public actions should be the same, where that we look like Jesus and we respond like Jesus. Jesus was born in a manger. He was born in the most humble of settings. He lived a life of, when he began his ministry, there were three years of being insulted, being attacked, being, being betrayed. We look at Calvary, we look at the cross. And he died the most humiliating of deaths. And even on the cross, our God was humble. Our God was gracious. Our God was loving. That's not the message, but it's a pretty cool point to kind of point out here. In the Old Testament, baptism was used as a form of declaration and ordination. It was a declaration that a person was beginning their public service to God. If we look to Numbers chapter 8, we see this. We see that when a, when somebody from a Levite, from the tribe of Levi, had reached a certain age to begin their ministry, and that age was 25, they would be baptized, uh, they would be purified, and then they would be set in place to begin the work of the Lord to minister. We see this in what Jesus does in Matthew chapter 3. Same type of thing. This baptism was a setting in place, a consecration, an ordination, a beginning of Jesus' ministry. But what does that phrase mean? To fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? I think it means quite a few things. Number one, 
amazing is it that Jesus is affirming John's ministry. When we look at this story, we've got to look deeper than just the fact that Jesus was baptized. The fulfilling of the things that God wanted, the fulfilling of all righteousness, and Him saying, let us do this, part of that was affirming the ministry that John was doing. By being baptized, it was as if Jesus was saying, John, I want you to baptize me because that will show the whole world that I affirm what you're doing. John, I, I need for you to baptize me because that will validate your message. Your message of repentance is a good message. It's a message the world needs to hear. So don't object to, 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 to me saying, baptize me. You know, this, I can imagine this being Jesus. Him saying, I affirm your message. I affirm your ministry. You guys, our God cares about the things He has called us to do. And He wants to affirm those things. And there's a togetherness to it. Jesus' baptism also serves to relieve John's doubts so that he can continue his ministry. God wants us to succeed. And he wants us to, to move forward in him, in a confidence of who he is, in a boldness of who he is. He doesn't, you know want a bunch of like confident and bold people in and of themselves but a people that are confident and bold in him because they know who Christ is we know from John chapter 1 verse 31 that John himself was unsure about the identity of the Messiah up until this point and then we're told in Matthew 11 and Luke 7 that John even had his doubts later Jesus wasn't quite what John was expecting. Jesus wasn't quite what anybody was expecting. So John even asked him later in those two passages in Matthew 11 and Luke 7. He says, are you the one? Are you the one or is there another? This baptism was a gift from the Lord to John to say, yeah, I'm the one. Yeah, you're on the right course. Yeah, stay the course. I'm the one. He even sent message with his disciples saying, tell this to John. People are being healed. Miracles are taking place. People are being set free. God's word is being preached. The third thing this baptism accomplished is it confirmed the message of John. As if Jesus is saying, John's message is right. You are sinners. You do need salvation. You guys, that's a message that the church doesn't preach often enough today because it's not a popular one. I'm a sinner. I need salvation. You're, you're a sinner. World, you're sinners. You need a Savior. Here's the good news. A Savior's come. Not to judge, but to cleanse, to purify, to save, to set free. John's baptism is also a confirmation that Jesus was the Messiah. He is publicly showing 
and claiming that he is the Messiah who comes to take away those sins. He's come to take away the sins of the world, and that is why Jesus enters into a baptism of repentance, although he had nothing to repent of. For Jesus, the Messiah, comes to take away the sins of the world. How amazing is that? Jesus, one without sin, was baptized. A baptism of repentance for you and I. What a precursor to what Jesus Christ was going to do in his, in his ministry for the next three years. And then with his death and resurrection on the cross. You guys, baptism is not just some symbolic act. I'm trying to drive this point home right now. It wasn't symbolic for Jesus, and it's not merely symbolic for us. There's power in it. You guys, this baptism made clear that God had anointed and appointed and equipped Jesus for public ministry. Now what's really cool is we have got a couple little ones being baptized today. And this is the statement I just made about the affirmation of Jesus is no less true and valid for them as it would be for an adult. He is appointing and anointing and equipping them. And this is a declaration that God's hand is upon them. The baptism also fulfills all righteousness in heaven's declaration of Christ's identity. In heaven's declaration of the Father's love. In heaven's declaration of the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. Still in Matthew 3, verse 16. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son. This is my Son, whom I love with whom I am well pleased. Guys, we can't preach this message of identity and love and pleasure, God's pleasure. We can't preach that message enough. This is my son. You guys, just as as the father was speaking this to his only begotten son, he speaks this to us as well. This is my son. This is my female son. This is, this is my female son, my male son. We are sons. We get the inheritance. We're not children. We are sons. This is my son. Whom I love. With whom I'm well pleased. You guys, it's not based on what we do for God. It's not. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. He hadn't preached a sermon. He hadn't done a miracle. He hadn't walked out those things that, that we know exemplify the ministry of Jesus. But yet the Father still says, in Him, I'm pleased. Church, please hear me. Let's not make God's pleasure upon our lives based on what we do for Him. That's not, that's not why He finds pleasure in us. 
He finds pleasure in us because we are His. And He loves us. And finally, the baptism fulfills all righteousness because it is a sign that Christ Himself was willing to take the role as mediator for you and I. It shows that Christ was willing to be our Redeemer. In this baptism, Jesus steps down. He presents Himself humbly. He receives this baptism of repentance and He acknowledges this. He says, Father, I will receive all the humiliation that is necessary to fulfill my work here on earth on behalf of my people. He says, Father, I will take any humiliation necessary in order to save my people from their sins. Isn't that powerful? I don't know how much of this John understood at the moment. I don't. I don't understand how much of this that John understood that he was being supported and affirmed and being given to by Jesus in the act of this baptism. He was being used as declaration. I don't know how much of it he caught, but I'm certain of this. Jesus knew every bit of this. We serve a thoughtful God in addition to him being a powerful and loving God. The Lord Jesus' baptism was an act that he performed on our behalf as the mediator of our sins. Just to make it abundantly clear, he did not need a, a baptism of repentance. He did not need to repent. He was without sin. But you and I did, right? You and I did. We need repentance. We, we need salvation. When Jesus was baptized, He did not repent on our behalf. I want to make that clear as well. He did not repent on our behalf. Friends, each one of us have to repent on our own. We have to go to Jesus, and I go all the time, and repent. Even though I'm forgiven, I still repent. Because the Bible says, repent and confess your sins, and you'll be whole. So I can come to the Lord and you can come to the Lord with joy and peace in repentance. Let me say this. If you have embraced Jesus Christ, if you have embraced and received Jesus Christ, then our Father in Heaven takes pleasure in you just as He does in His Son, Jesus. And I know sometimes that's tough for us to take. We have our hang-ups. We have our, our reasons. We, we find that hard to receive that our Father takes just as much pleasure in us as He did in Jesus. Because Jesus was perfect and we're a mess. But He does. Because we're His. Let's not be apathetic about Jesus. Let's be decisive in our love for God. 
in the baptisms today, this is decisive. There's nothing apathetic about it. This is action. This is faith. I know I'm preaching to a lot of people that know Jesus. But friends, we've got a lot of friends out there who don't know Jesus, and we need to hear this message. And we need to have this message locked and loaded on our heart to share this message. Jesus is the only way to the Father. There's no other way to the Father. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man gets to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. And the baptism that we'll celebrate today is a declaration that Jesus is my way. Jesus is the only way. Have we embraced Jesus? Are we holding Jesus at arm's length in any way? Not wanting to let him get too close or not wanting to let ourselves get too close to him. Are we waiting for a more appropriate time to accept Him? 